Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Hi. Hello. Hey. <laughs> 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 How's it going? It's, <laughs> it's Tuesday, so I'm drinking water. Oh, I have a long evening, so I'm drinking beer. Mm. I'm about to have this peach milkshake, but uh, in the other room, I've got uh, four apples, a lemon, and some wasamato kale waiting for me to juice it for a delicious Uh, You had me until you said kale, and I was like, nope, checked out. (laughs) Checked out. We need to share those recipes, though. Share those I gotta come up with I gotta come up with loyal esque names for them though, mm-hmm. right? right. For, my, for my boys, Trav Peterson. Right, right. <laughs> we're gonna start. We're gonna start our own Fairweather like juice company, yeah. and Chris, you can. It's gonna oh, Marissa yeah. can market it, and then I can just like I don't know, look pretty. I don't know what I'm bringing to the table here. <laughs> it's gonna be called. Uh, we're sick kits, sick kits every day, all day, every day. Fairweather yeah. flavor. Oh. Right, right. Flavors, flavors. What's that flavor for today? It's, it's oh like, man, we're like coming up with ideas right here. We should just do this every week. I don't know. Right? That's how we should do it. <laughs> Although when you said first ten minutes is spitballing. When you said flavor, I just all I thought was a giant clock. And yeah, boy, <laughs> it's gonna be like a giant like scale. You know what I mean with your food groups on it. And right, right now, I don't think you got any of yours. <laughs> I was Flavor Flav one year for, oh no, it wasn't. I was Little John for Halloween oh, one year. That's a drastic difference there. Yeah, right? no, but like me and my friend, like my friend was uh, Flavor Flav and I was Little John and I had like the foil teeth and everything. It was awesome. Nice. Well, I, I got, cause speaking of iconography, I got a special something for us in today's episode going Uh-oh. forward. Yep. Oh, Uh-oh. yeah. Oh yeah, you'll you'll love it. You'll love it. All right, all right. So you don't get it right now. Just just look. Let the show. I was like, like, uh, uh, all right, it's a tease. tease. I get it. I get it. No, no, no. Yeah, you gotta let let the show roll for a little while. We'll we'll get to it. Don't worry. I'm sure it'll come. Fair enough. I'm like, I didn't get the memo. I didn't upload anything. What's going on here? So, a couple things that happened. Um, obviously, oh, thanks, Harry. I did. I on Sunday, I just took a clipper and did like everything. I just need it. It's it's gonna get hot this weekend, and I don't have AC, so the beard was too much, the hair was too much. Just whatever. Quarantine haircut number two. Um, Prettiest of them all. Alan. I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. But I mean. If I'm in the top three, I'm happy. Um, Just uh, shave, but, it, shave it all off. Oh, my <laughs> wife, I think, would leave me if I shaved my beard off. Like, I think it would. That would. That's a deal breaker for her. I think she'd just be like, "All right, that's it. Bye." It covers up so much ugly. So. Oh um, my god. Okay, now we have to do a pageant show. We should totally do a pageant. Oh, don't even get me started. I've watched way too much RuPaul's Drag Race not to kill this pageant competition if we're going to do a pageant competition. Ooh. I will turn into a pageant girl. I'll be drama. You don't have the rhythm, though. 
Oh, dang. You, you don't know me. You don't know me. I might not be able to dance, but I got rhythm. I got algorithm, though. Oh. Al, um, Al Gore rhythm? So you're That's, like a you're old, Al, boring Al, white guy? I got Al Green rhythm. Sorry. All right. That, <laughs> I can't. I don't know if I can compete with that. Um, so uh, Tumi Moshabani, um, team of the week. Yeah. Well deserved. Facial oh. hair hides ten pounds. Oh yes, it does. Like, I'm chubby, so I buy big clothes that hide the chubby down here, and then this hides like the double chin. It's like it just it's. I'm working it out. Uh, Tumi Moshabani, team of the week. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, he did really well in the match, so I'm happy. I'm happy for him and. I love that people can say his name now, which is really awesome. Because I know when he first signed, we were like, what? Mo How? M Moshe Bain? Moshe No offense to me. Thank you, previous guest. Right. Check right. our channel for the time he was on. But yeah. You, you know what's crazy is we could actually say his name and Francis Atuini, like very commonly now at this point, because they're the two that are out front all the time. Right. Um, and John Kempen on the bench for that team of the week. Um, I think he got a kind of a bum rap. I think if uh, Grant Stoneman clears that ball off of the penalty shot, that's like save of saves of the week, uh, both of the double save. Mm -hmm. uh, but he has been an absolute just dynamite keeper, keeping us in games, keeping that back line solid. Um, so congratulations to both Toomey. And also, John Kempen, we don't always check the bench because that's not on the, the you know, the infograph. Uh, but always check out the bench. There's always some really quality names in there uh, to keep an eye out for. Hey, it's um, time for me to bust out my icon, by the way. Thanks, guys, for, for giving him a proper debut, a uh, proper uh, introduction here. So this is uh, the new the new something. This is the uh, tr this is the Trapjaw John Kempen Award. Just want to let oh. you know. The, the trap jaw, it's nice. the, the chase the chase variant. I felt like because of what he did there with the uh, the double saves on the uh, the PK, that I was gonna now put this guy to use who just sits on my dresser while the regular version is being used. So chase variant trap jaw John Kempen. Every time you mention him, he's he's coming back trap out. Okay? There you go. I'll have to mention him a lot. Uh, he all looked right, good in right. that. Looked good and in that I, purple kit. I'm going to send them to you at some point, and you're going to turn them into a trophy for John Kempen. All right. All right. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Just letting you know. <laughs> Is that his nickname, Trapjaw? It's going to be. Okay. Keep talking about you, you heard it here happen. first. You heard it here first. <laughs> you, this is like your fetch. You're going to try to make fetch happen? Is that what's going on? Make it happen. Every time you write, I'm going to stick Trapjaw on your stuff. All right. Sounds good. Okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look forward to that. Um so let's talk about this Vegas match. Um, yes. Lights out, baby. Historic sorry. first home win of ever. Yeah. Sorry, time. not sorry, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, they looked a lot better uh, than they did uh, against Los Dos. And some of that is, you know, the team that you're playing. And some of that is the team itself. Um, I don't think Las Vegas is as good of a team as Los Dos is. Um, and Los Dos has been showing. Uh, but I thought a, a pretty successful match. Um, obviously, the, the W helps. Um, I think they 
get away with a penalty kick that uh, it was it was that's a tough one to take. Uh, some shoving in the box. Um, the referee waves it off, but then the AR keeps his flag up, and it was like, no, we're talking about this. Yes. And the referee's like, no, we're not talking about this. And the AR was like, no, we're talking about this. It's a thing. We're talking about it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I can get I get the frustration with that. Like, I was very – like, even watching it back today, I was just like – I was still a little bit mad. Like, knowing what's what happened, what's going to happen, and it – I was mad. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I didn't rewatch it, so I don't have a comment. All I know is that when it happened again to us in the same box on the, uh, in the second half, they didn't call it. So yeah, well, Alan, you know, Alan he, he's oh, back. Yeah, he, um, he's not that sister. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I th- I guess you know. Uh, from what I heard that like he really was kind of like in motion. So it wasn't really like he stuck his hand out or whatever. I don't know, Alan, you rewatched it. So, or Chris, and you guys saw it on the yeah, screen. I mean, multiple replays. I didn't get a chance to see that. my, my, my live first take reaction is if you see something, say something. And he surely put his flag up, kept it up. And uh, he, he protested that that was going to happen all in one. So, you know, what about I mean, the, the timing, though? It's like right before the half. I almost feel like. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, everyone's clock was probably a little bit off. Handball is a handball. I mean, I guess in USO we can debate what a handball is because mm-hmm. it's not super consistent. Like, mm. I've seen some deflections into hands that counted as handballs that I've seen in other leagues that don't. Um, it seems to me in USL if it hits your arm and your arms out away from the body, they're going to call it um, regardless of what else is happening. I thought it was kind of a, a bummer for Stoneman. I think he played really well. Um, and um, it's a bummer that he's kind of on the end of that and kind of gets, he's the goat, if you will, of that situation. Uh, Kempen tries to do his best. Stoneman has a great chance to clear it. Like watching it back, they're like, Oh, they're not going to follow their players in. And it's like, there were three loyal players, and it just pops up over Stoneman. He tries to clear it, and he misses. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, if he clears that ball, then we're not talking about it. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. Hey, handball. The soccer god said no bueno. But right. um, I did appreciate the team's fight. Um, mm-hmm. So what are some things that you thought went well in this match, uh, Chris? What, did you, what were your yeah. observations? Well, I mean, just watching it, you know, like I really did want to see some things kind of go up the middle. They're still obviously sending long crosses up the pitch, which, I mean, I I don't think that that's something you can minimize as you're hearing the uh, really sick truck in the background. Um, But uh, other than that, I mean, I thought that that they did well with the chance creation Um, on the other side. I mean, you know, a little bit of their – flair was in the fact probably that Mendiola had uh, just jumped ship like you know days prior and I'm sure you know if you know the culture with Landon and how he's you know really got them all together as a unit you know a little bit of that was like you know they probably wanted to prove a point with with Mendiola and Parra being back that was great because honestly I thought that Parra was going to come out in a different jersey and pull like an NWO wolf pack on us so <laughs> It was good to see him come out as a as a loyal still. 
I, uh, my guy that I really like to see um, was Elijah Martin. Um, he's a guest of the show, uh, always good energy, but um, it was his first start of the restart. And then he, uh, thank you, Alan, he did start in Tacoma. Um, he was on fire. Like he, anytime the ball went near him, he was speeding past. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize how fast he was. So I really like <laughs> how he played um, the middle. Uh, you know, last episode, I was totally crapping on Colin Martin, and he totally played better this week. I was like, hmm, was he listening? I wonder. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, um, those are two of the guys that stood out for me. I mean, besides the Kempin and, you know, the back, back line, obviously, Joe says no all the time. Um, and then obviously, Para. But you know, those two I really enjoyed. And obviously Jack, Jack was my star last week and obviously or the week before. Um, so yeah, I'm so happy for the win. Um, I actually didn't predict a win, so I'll happily. Yeah, go ahead yeah, well, that one. <laughs> but they did do what I normally predict, which is 2-1. So I'm like, I think, do I have to like keep saying they're going to lose so that they do my normal 2-1? I think it's the score line that you got to keep with. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I do. I do. I wanted to talk about Colin Martin for a second. And I think this is just kind of proof that you shouldn't give up on players um, mm -hmm. when they're. I think Colin Martin was pretty. Um, when we interviewed him, he was pretty open about, hey, I'm being asked to do something I'm not quite comfortable with, like being that attacking player. But like, there was a couple through balls that were just really smart. Um, he has a shot on goal because he's like that next guy into the box. He's starting to kind of gain some momentum. Um, do I think that he is Tumi Moshabane in that kind of 10 role? No, but I think that he can play that midfield and be a little bit more attacking. I think he's kind of figuring himself out. Um, and you can tell when they pull him out and, you know, they're talking to Ben Spencer they, you know, give some uh, some positive reinforcement to Colin, but uh, I think they're saving him for this next coming week. It's like, hey, we're starting to see some things that we've been trying to get you to do. Um, and I think that's one, something important. Like, you can have a player have a couple, two games that are not great, but if Colin can play like Colin played this last week and maybe even do 60 minutes, 50, 60 minutes a game, doesn't have to do the full 90, um, I think that's a positive thing. I really liked uh, the way he played. Um, I think Carlos Alvarez uh, needs to show me something more. I think he's disappearing into the team. Um, but how about the change that was made in the 62nd minute where uh, Spencer subbed for Para and Toomey Moshabani is subbed for Colin Martin, which or sorry, not Toomey, um, Francis Atuene, which drops uh, Toomey back into the midfield into more of a 10 role. Um, that was like, we've been talking about that for a couple weeks. Like, yeah. target man up top, Francis can play off of him and put Toomey in that midfield. And now you have three really fast, really attacking players that can take it to the defense. And I thought we saw that like immediately. Like, they come mm -hmm. on in the 62nd, score in the 65th. Like, and the team right. changed. Uh, Marissa, mm -hmm. what did you notice when you were at the game live? Was there like a, a 
could you tell that the momentum was shifting? Was it like palpable mm-hmm. in the stadium? I know it's harder because there's not a lot of fans and stuff, but was it yeah. noticeable? Like, um, I think even before the half, um, you know, it was definitely something that I definitely saw more. Um, the middle was definitely better than before. So I think that was really a big change from week before versus Los Dos. Um, and I guess I didn't, like, when they tied it up, I didn't feel like Loyal was, like, defeated. Like, they, you know, like, normally that's, like, really a downer, and then you start the second half at tied, whatever. But, um, no, the energy was there. Jack was always on fire. I love when he talks on the field because it's, you can definitely hear some words that uh, won't be mentioned. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's, and even like from the sideline, you know, and, and that is really what I enjoy hearing because you really can hear what they are communicating on the field and or on the pitch, whatever you want to call it. Um, And that is, it's a cool perspective because I think you don't hear that with all the fans, right. Or on the TV because you hear uh, like the fans on TV. Right. So it's, it's, it's a different perspective and um, I feel like I'm at a practice that counts. So. Chris, what did you kind of pick up on um, from this match? I mean, you can talk about first half, you can talk about mm-hmm. second half where things kind of changed. Uh, anything that you picked up on as far as good? Well, I mean, the substitutions, like, you know, like as you were kind of, whereas we're talking about now, I mean, to me, that was key. We had a little conversation in the last episode about, you know, how they can kind of change up things, you know, by putting some key players, um, you know, that can come in in the second half and, and rejuvenate the team. And I think that that's what you ultimately saw is you saw, okay, well, now that we do have Para back, now that we, you know, have Spencer, we have some other options. I think that's going to be key. And especially if you look, if you look ahead to say a team like, um, Orange County or Phoenix, you can't really just have everything in that first half and hope that that's going to be enough. Like, especially since those teams really do rely and get really hot, like in their 50, 60 minutes, that's typically where the match is really kind of going. They take the first 15, 20 to try to figure you out and, you know, then they just kind of pour on. So to me, like seeing some of the stuff happen in the second half was good. Uh, man of the match, is there any doubt who we think man of the match is? I mean, I'm, I'm trap jaw Kempen, man. That's, that's, who <laughs> I got. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's who I would go with personally. But, I mean, who they chose is a great, great option. So. Marissa? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Kempen again because he kept it, kept it sane, I guess, for us. So, uh, trap jaw, what's that's up? It. I mean, what about you, Alan? I love me a goalkeeper. I will hype goalkeepers and defenders and defensive midfielders more than I think most people will. Uh, But the way Toomey played, both as kind of a a double striker with um, Spencer, uh, but also the role he played as he dropped back in that midfield, like you can tell that having sitting a little bit further back and not having to feel like he has to be in that striker role, like that cross he put in, I think it was deflected even, but the, to get himself into that position, um, he was all over the pitch. Um, He was creating havoc. He was playing 
both sides of the ball pretty well. Um, and I would have to go with Toomey. Um, I know goal scorers usually get the glory. And as much as I would love to shout out John Kempen, which we sh- can do probably Trap every job. week. <laughs> Trap job. Uh, uh, I, I got a shout out uh, Toomey Mo Shabani. Um, all right. We it's got a good shout out. It's a good shout out. I we got a busy week this week. Yes, uh, the reason we're recording tonight and not tomorrow is there's a game tomorrow against uh, probably the hottest team in Group B, I would say. Um, and that's Los Dos. Like, LA Galaxy 2 is playing out of their freaking minds right now. Uh, and we travel to LA. Um, which Sacramento did, and we're unsu- Sacramento was unsuccessful. They lost one to nil, um, and this is kind of one versus two in Group P right now. Like, mm-hmm. if you told me three, four weeks in, it, San Diego and Los and Los Angeles would be number one and number two, I'd be like, "No, nah, you're kidding me! You're kidding me!" <laughs> like, no way. Um, Los Dos, um, are we worried at all based on what happened the last time we played them? Is this a chance for redemption? Oh, go ahead. Um, it's definitely a chance for redemption. Um, not just the SDLA rivalry, but also the fact that they just pretty much embarrassed us in our first match home back home. Um, even though there weren't anybody there, um, it was pretty not. <laughs> it wasn't a pretty sight to see. It was pretty not pretty. That's what I'm gonna say. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think um, they learned a lot from Los Dos in that match and then also against Sacramento. So I think that um, um, it, my hope is that they'll win. I don't know if I should predict it because uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm bad luck or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, what about you, Chris? <laughs> I mean, I think that there's definitely concern about the ball they're they're playing. I mean, look, they're they're on a streak. They're hot right now. The two up top are obviously are considered threats, right? I mean, and, and if they get loose, that'll be a thing. I mean, I think anytime you look at San Diego, I mean, they're playing a three-five-two, you know, and will they be? Do I feel they'll be a little conservative with that three-five-two? Um, no, I, I think, well, yeah, a little bit, but not as much, only because you got me, you're throwing me off, Alan. But, like, uh, the reason, and I was also like, where's the two at? In my mind, I was getting confused for a minute. I was thinking it was a two, five, three. But, um, nah, I think that, honestly, like, given the fact that there's some speed up front, they got good pace, like, it's going to be a very different time for that three, five, two. You know, you might, in fact, see just some support in the middle, too, to try to break up some of the, the riot of passage that's been happening with LA. Um, I, I think that they're definitely a, a for real team. You know what I mean? Like, I think that if anything, um, ooh, I like that. If anything, you know, the, the showing with Phoenix didn't help the rest of us, right? Because we looked at it like, oh, well, they got blasted by Phoenix. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so. When they played Sacramento, uh, they were set up in a 4-2-3-1. Um, and what they did to Sacramento, like I think Los Dos, or Sacramento probably um, is unfortunate not to come away with any points 
in that match against Los Dos. I thought there were some really nice moments from Sacramento against that younger team. Uh, but what LA was able to do against Sacramento was really kind of play up and play under, uh, put Sacramento under a lot of pressure, uh, especially early on for Sacramento. Uh, they just weren't able to hold onto the ball. Um, first half, Sacramento had 44% possession. They had 12 total shots, three on target. But if you're watching the flow of the match, LA never allowed them to get comfortable. Um, what we saw against Los Dos as well is they make mistakes and they give up the ball and you get lots of chances. And Sacramento had a lot of chances. They couldn't convert. The same thing happened to San Diego Loyal when they played Los Dos is they had a bunch of, a couple chances early, gave up a lot of possession under the pressure, but couldn't capitalize on those one or two mistakes that Los Dos made early. So I think I would like to see a couple things from San Diego against Los Dos. Maintain possession, make the smart pass under pressure. And I think with Elijah Martin, Jack Metcalf playing in those wingback roles, Mm -hmm. I think they can play a really key role into alleviating that pressure in the defensive third. And then they need to make sure they're clinical on the offensive third. Like if, um, if San Diego scores any of those really close, uh, hitting the post, um, good run-ups, um, and hold on to possession, I think that they have a really good chance of doing some damage against Los Dos. But they're so good at creating pressure that makes really good teams make terrible passes and give up possession in the middle of the pitch. Um, and that's what I'm a little bit afraid of is – Los Dos playing in our half of the pitch, as opposed to what you saw in Las Vegas, where San Diego was, for for a good majority of the time, playing in Las Vegas's half. Um, and looking at how those both Sacramento and LA played, it was really fun. I was like, oh, these are the next two teams we're going to play. Um, Sacramento's a good team; like they have players. They have um, Cameron Owasa, who had a terrible game against Los Dos. Uh, you have Sam Werner. Um, yep. You have names on Sacramento who can play. Uh, Los Dos made them look like not as a good of not not as good of a team. And so against Los Dos, the question is, how do you deal with pressure? And then can you bury your chances? Um, and we saw San Diego not do that successfully. We saw Sacramento not do that successfully. And if you don't score when you have an opportunity or two against Los Dos, eventually they're going to hang around. They're going to hang around. I think it's, uh, they scored in the 72nd minute. Augustine Williams, who is one of their big names, yeah. uh, was able to score. And if you give Los Dos a chance to hang around, they'll keep going, they'll keep going, and they'll win. The difference with Phoenix is they kept going, they kept going, and but Phoenix put four in on them. They took advantage. Well, they may not do – like you, you still have to think about the fact that a, t- a team is going to – have to address the fact that the, the ball is in the air a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if you're you're only doing that really to get rid of everyone like trying to high press you, you know. So if a team starts to take away your ability to send long balls and starts either ch- going for the duel or just you know playing loose off of you like Real Monarch did, you know, then you're gonna have to start taking it up the middle. So I, I'd be really interested to see how LA is going to address that. Yeah, I think um, when you're looking at key players to keep an eye on, obviously Augustine Williams is a name that you're on the front end. But that back end of um, 
Vasquez, who was the goal scorer against uh, San Diego, and Abraham Romero, he had an amazing game. Like some of the saves he was coming up with were great. So Los Dos is going to deal like if their goalkeeper has and Jesus Vasquez have the game they had against Sacramento, it's going to be tough. Um, do we have any score predictions? <laughs> Go ahead, Marissa. Two one, loyal. Oh. <laughs> Chris, what do you got? Mm. Well, before I give mine, I got to give a special shout out to uh, Retro Sports, who's chilling in there. They're nice. They're they're very handy with their Hate Week videos. If you haven't seen them, go check out their channel. Um, so, anyways, uh, I think my uh, my prediction this week. Oh man, that's a tough one. I'm kind of off the bat feeling like. I feel like it's a it's a two one two one loyal. Oh I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with that. Um am I gonna be the party pooper? I'm gonna go a one one draw. I think um they play a tough match um and they get a point away in LA. Um I will be ecstatic if they win. I will jump up and down, I will be happy, happy, happy. Um but I think a 1-1 one, one, uh, draw for this one. And then they turn around and have to Oops. come back home to... Um, I can give a shout out to DK. Um, right? Turn around and have to play Sacramento on Saturday. Um, yeah. Ooh. Our cup of teeth says a 1-0 win. I think, yeah, this is what's frustrating about San Diego. is like I don't see more than two goals every week. Like I don't see them... They can, but until they prove to me that they can score more than two, I don't see a three goal from, yeah. from Loyal. Two balls that's, says three, two Loyal. F- fair. I think that's oh, optimistic. That's your, that's your sound effect. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> uh, so we just got talking about Sacramento uh, versus LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, Sacramento has a draw versus Tacoma. They pulled out they scrape by a win against Reno, which again I think would have been it would, a little bit unfair to Reno, uh, and they drop points on the road to LA Galaxy. Uh, now they play on Wednesday as well against Orange County, uh, which is going to be tough for them. So both teams are going to be on tired legs. Um, so that's going to be an interesting match to see who actually plays for Sacramento. Um, Chris, any feelings on that Sacramento match? The Sacramento Loyal match? Yes. Well, I mean, I, I think that you're going to count to see the Warners and the Wazos probably coming in probably more in the, the second half. That's That would be my take. If they were playing two matches like that, then to me, I think that they're, you know, if they're going to use them obviously this week primarily and then probably rest them or maybe you'll see half of that. I don't know. I mean, it just depends on their, their match fitness, right? It also depends on how they set them up. It's like, do we play out of group a little bit weaker, knowing that we might not pull out a win against Orange County, or and play for um, maybe a little bit more against the Loyal, um, mm-hmm. knowing that you might be able to pick up three points, um, or do you go? We got to go our best eleven against Orange County, um, and then we know that maybe Loyal isn't as dangerous as Orange County is, so maybe we play a different. 11 
how do you like Marissa? How would you go about like if you were picking which one of those two team, which one of those two matches to really focus? Like, do you put out your best lineup against Orange County, or do you wait and put up your best lineup against San Diego? Oh yeah, um, I think you put your best lineup. If I'm a coach, you put your best lineup that's available at that time. Not really thinking about the next match. That's me as a coach, but I'm not a coach, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking I want to win because that will help with like confidence and stuff like that. So I'm not thinking about that next match. Um, I don't know. That's me as a coach, but I've never coached a team. So what Mm -hmm. do you think, Chris? I think that they're gonna watch the the, the they're gonna watch the match that you have tomorrow first of all, and kind of see like if there's anything that's gonna be like you know kind of an item on their checklist as far as what they need to address. I think that these coaches go into it thinking about the next match, not two matches down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're gonna obviously see who comes out to play on you know on this first match, and then based on that then they're going to obviously make their match for the next one. And, you know, and, and if they feel like, okay, hey, you know, Loyal comes out kind of slow, you know, kind of nothing really happening in the first first period, you know, and they feel like they're a team that's stout, right, defensively, then they're not necessarily too worried probably about what you're going to do in the first half. They just got to play their match. Fair. You know what I mean? Um. Sacramento Republic has managed um, quite a few shots in this early season. Um, they're averaging over 20 shots a match over the last three matches. So they're going to, they got a lot of shots off. They're just not scoring. Um, one goal against Sacramento, Sac- or against Reno, and I think that was a penalty. Uh, no, none against Galaxy. Um, they scored three against Defiance in a draw. Um, they're going to it's going to be a defensive battle i think with sacramento in that you have to make sure that when they're shooting uh you're keeping those shots off target you're keeping those shots at range um again i think kempen's going to come up huge i think maybe they're i'd had a, a discussion with cesar about whether or not they're overperforming defensively loyal is and i said maybe a little bit but we've seen in this league that a goalkeeper can carry a team almost single-handedly um, for a couple weeks. And Kempen's really been able to step up. So he's got a big week ahead of him. Um, yeah, obviously recovery is going to be huge. Um, but we've seen them come out with a different lineup between two matches, that Tacoma or the Vegas to the Tacoma match. So I think this is where San Diego shows their depth. Um, and, and that's going to help them against Sacramento whereas maybe Sacramento comes in a little bit tireder and and San Diego can have a pretty decent turnover of their roster um, and maybe do 60-30 and then 30-60 with some of these starters. Um, how are we... Well, and let's talk about this, though, too. Yep. Like, I mean, travel, like it's over 500 miles, right? So they have to fly. So you got you get a little bit of that unless they take uh, unless they go from one stop to another. Because they're they're home against Orange County, and then they come down to San Diego. So right. you're right. Like if they play at home on Wednesday, they're traveling Thursday or Friday and to get rules. down, yeah. and so you lose a whole day of recovery. Whereas San Diego goes to LA. Like all right, whatever. You know, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just up the road, right? It's just I mean, up the so road. There, so it's over 500 miles per, you know, the protocol. So right. they're flying, you know, and they're obviously, they got to do, I mean, like, you know, I know it's just a flight, but, you know, it's not like they're taking them as often as they used to, right? right. So, you know, I'm, I like to think a little jet lag could have something to do with some things. Yeah. And then yeah. San Diego probably needs to come out, come out heavy and get an early goal. Um, like they did against uh, Las Vegas. Uh, Cause I think if San Diego can get on that front foot, it plays into their strengths where they can play like a five, three, two and then counterattack and take advantage of those opportunities. Like we saw against Vegas. Um, score predictions. Sacramento. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm going <laughs> to, you know what I'm going to pick. Two, one. Two, one. Who's, who's getting the two? Loyal. All right. Chris? <laughs> mm. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change it. It's going to be... It's going to be 1-1 one, one, one Sacramento. I mean, one, one sorry, Sacramento. draw. draw. The Sacramento game is going to be 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Chris, you know what, what I mean? <laughs> um, well, Sacramento is pretty dangerous. Yep. Um, honestly... <sighs> Why do you do this to me? <laughs> I don't want to be a homer like Alan is, you know, because he'll try oh. to convince, he'll try to convince you otherwise. I want to be sound. I'm a uh, rational homer, <laughs> mostly rational. <laughs> uh, okay, so man, I, just from what I've seen in Sacramento, and I'm and I'm not even trying to to mess around. I'm gonna have to say, I think it's two two. I think there's a pen involved too. But it's a two-two draw. I, I'd love to give Sacramento the win, but I'm not fully convinced with Sacramento's like lineup this year. But I do know that they could put away some goals. But I think that, that there's a pin involved for Loyal. And you? Chris? All right, you ready for I mean, this? <laughs> you ready for this? Yeah. Two nil Loyal. Oh. oh. Two nil Loyal. I think. Homer. I think. Two nil. I think. I think. Orange County takes it out of them, and I don't think they. I think San Diego Loyal gets an early goal, and I think that they uh, put Sacramento in a place where Sacramento is just like, all right, whatever. Um, and then they get another late goal uh, because we have more depth and uh, we run it out of them and we get a late goal. So I think it's an early goal and a late goal, 2 0. It's a little bit homer, I know, but. So, so quick point to be made then. Yeah. Like, here's, a, here's a question, Mike. Um, do you think that the reason why we're predicting so many draws is because we just it's we're kind of starting to see where maybe when loyal sets in that they haven't necessarily shown us to be a team that can just go out and just eliminate opponents week to week, but that there's still some sort of uptick that shows that they either have a draw and lose it or can kind of play from behind. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think Loyal has that killer instinct yet, and that's why I'm kind of hoping that um, Loyal kind of get something out of this match um, and are able to kind of like put a stamp on this week as a team. Um, I don't think we'll see the same lineup against Orange County. Um, our cup of tea is a is Sacramento. That's why you see the bear. Um, but I do think it would, it's going to be a challenge for uh, a team that might be, maybe doesn't have quite the depth. Um, 
you know, I could see a one nil victory for, for San Diego against Sacramento. Um, I think that Orange County is, uh, sorry, Orange County is a good team and they're going to take it out of them. Um, I think San Diego is a better team than Sacramento is right now. Uh, maybe over the course of the season, that's different. But I think as right now of the form, um, Sacramento is getting shots, but they're not scoring. Um, and if you're not scoring, you're not going to win. Um, so that's kind of how I see things. Uh, speaking of that Sacramento Orange County game, we got to predict predict who's going to win that one for our uh, weekly things. By the way, um, Chris and I are four and three with our picks. Uh, Marissa, you're two and five. The fan votes are two and five. Um, <laughs> that OC win that we predicted last week uh, came in handy. Um, oh, right? upset! Right? I don't. Huh? I mean, watching that game, I wouldn't call it an upset. Um, I wouldn't. I think, well, no, but OC had Phoenix both times. <laughs> they did. They did. That's why I thought they were going to win. I thought watching that one-one draw, I thought Orange County had their number. Uh, Sacramento, Orange County. Chris, who you got? I got Orange County. Marissa? Orange County. Um, I think it's going to be tough for Sacramento to come into Orange County. They're going to be on a high after beating Phoenix. Um, so I think Orange County is probably um, top two in the West, top five in USL. Um, they're a good team. Um, what about uh, Las Vegas travel or gets Reno at home? Chris, who you got? Las Vegas or Reno? Reno. Reno. I'm also picking Reno. I think um, this is kind of a rivalry match. Um, I think Reno has something to prove in this group that they can really take control and say that this is our group to win. Sorry, Sacramento. Um, So I think they come out and beat their in-state rivals. Um, And then Phoenix Rising gets El Paso Locomotive. Uh, and I know. Say, don't want to say I torched the internet the other the other day. Oh, I saw that thread. <laughs> I saw that thread. I don't want to say that you know if you if you follow me on Twitter. If you don't, you should. But man, we torched Ooh. it. It was like a what was that like a twelve hour thread? It seems yeah, like it. yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like in the morning, and then I saw like eleven minutes ago. I'm like, dude, this is going on for a whole day. It's crazy. It's been going on for uh, yeah. So, Chris, who you got in this one? Got El Paso. El Paso. Um, Marissa? Um, I'm going to go El Paso. Um, I think Phoenix is really pissed off about what happened to them in Orange County. Um, I think they do have something to prove. Um, And if they don't win... Against El Paso at home, falling, falling down, bro, falling down further. Twitter, Twitter will be like it will like literally melt down. I think USL Twitter <laughs> will literally melt down. I'm, I um, might give them a pass. I'm gonna might. give. I'm going Phoenix. I do love El Paso. Um, I just don't think they have the offensive firepower to match. Now, Phoenix, mm. Phoenix's weakness is the midfield and the back line. They got caught out a bunch against Orange County. But I don't think or El Paso is quite that same offensive fight, like offensive I, strength. I could convince you otherwise. <laughs> and, I could because they got Mario Slomas, Aaron Gomez, they got Distel Zola, they got Dylan Mars. Um, they're going to probably have Leandro Carajo, Carajo 
from FC Juarez. What'd you call uh, me? <laughs> they're, they're, Car- Car- Cario, I think that is what it is. But it's like they're gonna have these different players there. I think if you're if there's any concern you should have about El Paso, it should be their back line. I mean, like to play out the back a lot, but the the pace back there isn't fast enough to be playing out the back. They they should be clearing it, and they're not. They're playing it around the back. And right now, with about three hours left in our fan poll, um, loyal fifty four percent win, thirty eight percent draw. San Diego loyal win forty six percent, thirty one percent draw in the Sacramento game. Forty two percent Orange County, fifty seven percent Reno, and seventy three percent Phoenix. Uh, fans have been not great at picking winners um, outside of San Diego and Phoenix from the first week, uh, but whatever, this is fun. Um, Come on, Aaron. Come on, Aaron. Throw your your votes in there. Um, <laughs> I will say. Um, so right here is the picture frame with the four pictures. One of them signed by Charlie Adams. That one of the first goal in Loyal history. Um, I have another set of four pictures that I'm going to throw in for the end of the season raffle. So if you put in your score predictions for loyal matches, you'll be entered in to a drawing. If you cor- correctly guess the score of the loyal match, you'll get a second entrance. And at the end of the 14, we'll put all the names in a hat. We'll pull out the hat uh, and you will win my other four pictures, including a picture signed by Charlie Adams of him about to kick the first goal in loyal history. Uh, we'll tweet that out as well. Uh, we got some things to figure out as far as what our first raffle is, and that's coming up mm-hmm. pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But we will announce that very soon. Um, what you will be entered in to win. Uh, but for the end of the year, I will donate my four picture, other four pictures. Uh, <laughs> one autographed by Charlie <laughs> Adams. I, it's it's weird, like- so it's weird. <laughs> I'm you not know, it's like send me a picture there. and I'll put it up on the thing, like a, yeah. an actual like picture like this, not like this. No. Um, we can do it. Yeah, so that's a busy week. Um, Wednesday Thank against you. at away at Los Dos, home against Sacramento. Uh, very busy Group B week. Uh, there's three other matches: Sac Orange County, Las Vegas, Reno, Phoenix Rising, El Paso. Uh, lots of really good games to pay attention to. Um, I think it's going to be a good week for Loyal. Um, and if everything goes their way, like if everything ends up to be the way that uh, we are we are thinking, uh, if El Paso manages to beat Phoenix um, and Loyal can do some damage against LA and Sacramento, um, we're gonna it's we're gonna be in the driver's seat, and it's our our playoff spot to lose. Um, yes. Obviously, we still have to play Orange County. That August 12th match is going to be huge. Um, it's like highlighted on my calendar now. Um, it's the uh, but Copa, Copa to Underwood. Copa to Underwood, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I know who I'm going to be rooting for. I'm definitely loyal. I mean, I got it all over the place. Um, but it, I think that's going to be a really fun one. Um, Please uh, do your fan poll. Those close soon, but you can leave your score predictions all the way up to the match on Wednesday or all the way up to the match for Sacramento on Saturday. Um, Marissa. Yeah. Where can we find you on the Twitter machines? You can find me at hashtag Marissa spelled out. Where can we find you, Chris? You can find me at by Chris Walker. And where can we find your trap queen, whatever that thing is called? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you can find Trap Jaw John Kempen at by Chris Walker. Hey, what's up? Hello. Yes. Um, and, and Alan, where can we find you? You can find me at A Underwood Forty Eight on the Twitter machines, or in about thirty seconds when I switch on over to the Orange or Black Soccer Cast with or with Dylan, who just commented. <laughs> Dylan, I will be right there, and we will be discussing. Uh, Orange County on that one. Uh, if you want to get some insight on Sacramento, I know the Sac Republic guys are going to be on that one as well. Um, yeah, can't wait to see Dylan's face on the other pod. In a minute. Right? Uh, I have to decide right. whether or not I need to change and just like do this, but I'm, I think I'm going to leave it open and show off. Um... Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, you guys. Thank we... you for listening. As always. Our pod is sponsored by BGN. You can catch all the episodes on your favorite podcast thing. And we will be back next week, probably at our regular time. Yeah? Um, I hope so. <laughs> God willing, right? All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club? Sunday League Squad, Adult, or even Pro Team? Icarus FC can help you create a kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.